2: Underway and welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, coming at you for the start of the 2021 NFL season. We're going to have our six pack of best bets. We're going to preview Thursday night football. Uh, it's presented by our friends at BetMGM, and of course, I have my guy with me, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Duck, we're back into
1: it, man. What's going on? It's good to be back. Excited to get back into it on a weekly basis with you. It's not a lot of sleep, a lot of preparation, a lot of excitement. Just ready to get that first. Like I'm, Thursday night is going to be cool, but it's just one game, and I'm going to enjoy it. We'll talk about that game shortly. But that like 12:59 red zone music feeling. 101 when all the kickoffs all across the board I can't wait for that uh, so yeah I'm excited let's hopefully we could find some winners and have another big season. It's been a successful past couple of years so let's keep it rolling.
2: Yeah I was just looking at our Super Bowl prop picks in the outline and I think we went like six and two on those so pose it out strong. Uh, we're gonna keep it going if you guys are new to the podcast. Uh, What Stuck and I do is we preview Thursday night football first, but then we have our Sunday six pack, which is where we each choose three bets. We have a little draft, you know, back and forth off air and we kind of pick our our top three so we can't overlap. We could go against each other, but uh, our first two picks will be worth two points and then we'll have a third pick. That'll be one. If you sweep them all, you get another point bonus. Uh, and we'll also get a point each if we get our totals right, which is the segment after that. So uh, we'll also have teasers. We'll have money line Underdog Parlay of the Week. We'll have our Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. So uh, a lot Labor of – Paper total. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we'll do it all. We'll go through every game. If we don't touch on a game in any special segment, we have a segment for that too. Best of the rest. We'll go through every single game, give you something – uh, that you can use to bet or fade each game on sunday uh, and thursday and sunday this week
1: so by the way steaks before we go on the steaks mm-hmm. we well speaking of steaks i won last year and you won the year before actual steaks for dinner so we each owe each other a dinner um yeah, so COVID, next time you know. i'm up in new york we can do two <laughs> is that, is that what's that
2: I'm in L.A. now, boy. Remember? You said New York. Oh, you're in L.A. I forgot you moved. You're in L.A. <laughs> you got right, to go well, to L.A., time, man. I'm in L.A. You're in Kentucky, <laughs> or
1: we're both in New York. We can make this. We'll do some bi-coastal dinners. So, but the stakes, the actual stakes for this year is we both have an authentic jersey on. Rayvon City's doing a throwback theme, throwback Thursday it, th- theme. Throwback Thursday, year. every
2: Thursday. Let's do it. So,
1: I got my Ed Reed on. I had to represent for the first one. And the loser of this year will have to buy the other, uh, an authentic throwback. Cause you're, you're
2: real good with the college knowledge. And, and so I think you were like quizzing me or quizzing all of us in trivia when we hung out at a bar one time. So let me see if you can, who who's Jersey do I have on right now?
1: You have all, you have all bucks on. It's got the, how would you say that? What is that? Orange color crush, the, crush. Yeah, the orange crush bucks hat and Jersey. I don't know. For some reason when you first popped up, I thought it was Derek Brooks, but that's, he Ooh, was 55. Close. He close. was 55. Very close. Um, you're on the right track who else was on that team what was the other linebacker on that team hardy nickerson hardy nickerson wow
2: 1993 authentic hardy nickerson bucks home jersey one of the hardest ones for me to get unbelievable so what i've been trying to do if you've been watching the uh, fantasy flex i've been yeah i've been throwing on some throwbacks but i've been trying to get every team's home jersey first i'll go into the white's after that but i'm trying to get every team's home jersey this one was ridiculous i mean these things just aren't floating around out there so uh, whoever wins has to buy the other an authentic michelin nest mm-hmm. but uh either way hopefully you guys win and uh before we get into the thursday night preview a uh, couple of quick reminders number one if you plan to bet on any sport ever and still haven't downloaded the free award-winning action network app what are you doing it's got betting tools it lets you shop for the best lines. It's got analysis from myself, Stucky, the whole Action Network crew. And most importantly, it lets you track every bet that you make. So download the award-winning Action Network app. Great app. You won't be disappointed. Uh, and number two, with the NFL season officially back, uh, we here at the Action Network have expanded our podcast portfolio. Just mentioned the Fantasy Flex. So if you're looking for best-in-class Fantasy football coverage from Sean Kerner and myself. Check out the Fantasy Flex Pod. We're doing five episodes a week. We'll have Sean and myself on three times. Samantha Praviti uh, will be doing a mailbag episode as well. Great stuff. And then if you're better on college football, you already know you want to hear Stucky uh, and Actions experts on uh, our Big Bets on Campus podcast, which drops four times a week all season long. So a lot of great stuff for you guys really ramping up uh the content for you guys because you've been great so continue uh leaving us those ratings and those reviews and letting us know how you feel about the pod uh anything you want change anything different but uh we're here for you guys and uh with that let's get into week one thursday night football for 2021
1: it's not the best game but it's the only game tonight
2: let's bet thursday night football All right, so stuck our line at Bet MGM for the Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs up to eight-and-a-half-point favorites. That This is getting a little bit out of hand. Uh, I like the Bucs, but this is getting a little bit out of hand. Total's 51-and-a-half. So uh, initial thoughts on this line, which has been climbing. It was seven-and-a-half at some point this offseason uh, in favor of the Bucs.
1: By the way, well, eventually we're going to see – you see some books do this. You're never going to see a line that's eight in the NFL or seven and a half. One day. It's just going to go from seven to nine. And that's to protect against teasers, which i will get to. Uh, yep. But you see some books that will just go to nine and a half. It's, a, it's an interesting game for week one for a lot of reasons. And not just that it's a super defending Super Bowl. Chat that brings back every starter. They're going to be missing their safety whitehead. Some of their receivers, I think Godwin and Antonio Brown are a little banged up. But you know, we know what the Bucs are. Maybe should be fine. Yeah, they're both yeah. going to play. They're just a little nicked up. We know who the Bucks are, right? What I'm most interested to see is, number one, how does Dak Prescott look, right? All the questions about his health. And week one, for me, you know, I'll probably end up having about five to six bets, which we'll cover on this podcast, but it's really a, I, it's the week I learn the most about schemes and what certain teams are going to look like. Obviously, just one data point, but it's really when you start to see what teams are going to look like that have... Brand new personnel on one side of the ball. And that's the, the Cowboys. They've Dan Quinn brought in as a defensive coordinator and they remade their defense. There are six new starters. Uh, Dan Quinn is the single high safety, cover three king, uh, came from the Pete Carroll tree. You know, he runs back in his time in Atlanta, he ran cover three like 50% of the time, cover one 30% of the time. You know why that is important? So there's two main types of defense in the NFL. You'll hear middle of field closed which is a single high safety, middle of the field open, which is two high safeties. Dan Quinn's a middle of the field closed guy, single high safety guy, cover one, cover three. Brady last year, number one in EPA per play uh, against single high safety looks. Absolutely shredded them, you know, forces you to make passes on the outside accurately. So, and if you look at, you know, when he was playing against two high safeties eh, right around average, but he shredded this type of defense and I'm not sure how it's going to work. You know, six new starters. Do they have the corners and do they have the free safety It worked. The origin of this defense is in Seattle, you know, where you had Earl Thomas, you know, at, at your free safety, roaming sideline to sideline. You had Richard Sherman locking down at your corner. You have to have really good corners, really good free safety. Um, and then, you know, Bobby Wagner covering, taking care of the coverage underneath. That The Cowboys don't necessarily have that right now, but I'm interested to see what they look like. Dan Quinn did – experiment with some too high safety looks in the preseason and he said he's evolved his defensive scheme so we'll see maybe he does throw two a two safety high out because i would i think you need to do that against brady so i'll be interested to watch that um interestingly enough the super bowl champion is 18 and three straight up in week one 13 six and two against the spread since 2000 so super bowl hangover pretty much a myth it's something that I'm going to be watching for the Bucs. You know, 17-game season, very veteran team. Maybe you catch them, you know, in the first couple weeks in a certain spot. I don't necessarily think that's here. I made this line a tad under seven. So would look at the Cowboys if there wasn't other things going on, right? You have Zach Martin, who's out. You have to adjust the Cowboys for that for COVID. You have the uncertainty with Dak Prescott and how he's going to look and how healthy he is. So, you know, new defense. So for me, you know, after adjusting for some of those factors, I made this line right over seven. It's a unfortunately, I hate to say this on you know Thursday night, but it's it's most likely a pass for me. But there's a lot of things that I'll be watching for, specifically with the Cowboys. We know who the Bucs are. Like how does what does Dak look like and what does this defense look like under Dan Quinn? I can't wait for the game, but I won't have a pregame position. Maybe something in the second half or live.
2: I made it seven and a half, and that's why I'm kind of bummed that it's getting away from us here, because I do think it's bucks or nothing. I don't have confidence in the Cowboys. All the stuff you mentioned about Dan Clinton was very true and very accurate, but the point is, he doesn't have those Seattle Legion of Boom guys here. He was horrible in Atlanta for most of his tenure on defense to the point where it wasn't until his assistant coaches took over that the defense showed any signs of life. There, so you're talking well, about similar, similar to here. He never had a
1: great defensive roster. He doesn't have the players to run it. I mean, it's easy to run your cover three in Seattle when you have the Legion of boot So that worries me. Mike
2: McCarthy is the leaderboard in a bunch of different lists I've seen for first coach fired. So you're talking about Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, veterans, Super Bowl champs, all you know, just future Hall of Famers all over the roster versus. Two coaches that are hard to trust outside of their comfort zones, we could call it. Dan Quinn with that region of boom, Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. These Cowboys do not resemble what these coaches did in other spots. So I I don't think you can confidently make a a bet uh, and put harder money on the Dallas Cowboys in this game, especially after seeing what Tampa Bay did to a banged up offensive line with a better quarterback and an even more explosive offense than Dallas. In the Super Bowl, uh, the last time we seen them. We it's just and let's not forget, like the continuity, like you said, it, there there's just too many factors to where uh, I wouldn't bet minus eight and a half on a on a favorite, you know, with the line going that direction. That's just not my style of bet. I don't think you're getting good value there. I think it's still the NFL, but I do think it's bucks or nothing. Like I I can't. I can't even look at the Cowboys in this one. Like, it, it, there's just too many factors going against them uh, for for me in this one.
1: So, we'll have yeah, good prop think, stuff out there. We'll, we'll have a ton of good content if you're looking for some action.
2: Yeah, Sean and I have already, uh, you know, dropped our matchup podcast on fantasy flex where we we'll go through each matchup now, and we'll have a prop specific episode coming out uh, every Friday. So uh, stay tuned for that. But speaking of props this is another reason why I worry about the Cowboys. Well, two reasons. One, they turned the ball over 11 times in those first five games with Dak. Like he was making a lot of big plays, but he was also being a little bit more risky than I think we've seen him in years past. So, you know, how how is that going to go? Especially with a team that you're going to have to keep pace with, I would lean over, but Zeke Elliott's rushing yard prop is 52 and a half for this game. So, if the Cowboys, they have issues on the O-line, Dak isn't, we don't know Dak's health. And then you don't expect them to be able to run. Zeke is barely at, you know, 50 yards uh, in terms of his prop. I mean, it just doesn't look good for the Cowboys. So I, I do agree. I think that's probably the play is just tease the Bucks down. I would feel really good about that. They could win by a field goal and you win that bet. That's how I would, uh, I would approach this one. All right, let's get into, for the very first time this NFL season, our Sunday six-pack. Thirsty for action?
1: Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack.
2: All right, again, for those new to the show, Stuck and I will draft six bets, three bets each, and we can't pick the same bet, but we can go against each other. It happens here and there. Thought maybe it would happen today, but uh, kind of kind of happening, but not in the six-pack. Uh, and two points for our first two bets, one point for our last one. Uh, switching it up a little from last year because we usually have more than one. We're super confident, so we kind of want to make it our two best bets. And then, you know, still a third one that we like, but uh, maybe there's a little bit of drop-off in, in confidence. Uh, Stuck, you won last year, uh, had a really great performance wire-to-wire. Wire, so uh, you got first pick. Where are you going?
1: Let's start off the 2021 NFL betting season with a bet on Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. This is the one you've been waiting for.
2: New Orleans Saints.
1: Plus four and a half. We always talk about bet. When you're going to bet Jameis, you bet him as a dog. He's 7-14 and one against the spread. As a favorite, he's 17-10 and one against the spread as an underdog of more than a field goal. High variance quarterback, you want to take him As a dog, this is the Saints home opener. We played in Jacksonville as a result of Hurricane Ida. After adjusting for home field, some of the Packers injuries like Bakhtiari is not going to play. Zadarius Smith is banged up. I make this like just a tad under a field goal. You know, it's on a neutral field. So I grabbed the plus four and a half. You're also backing John Payton, who is absolutely dominant against the spread as an underdog. He's 31, 13 and two against the spread. But, you know, when you look at the Packers. There's a lot of turnover on the offensive line. You know, with Bakhtiari out, you're kicking Jenkins out to left tackle. You're starting two rookies on the interior. They develop offensive linemen as well as anybody in the NFL. Once you get Bakhtiari back, a lot of these guys that they drafted, they're going to be fine. But there's questions early on in the season against a good Saints defensive line and a good Saints defense of what this offensive line is going to look like. There's a potential for the Saints to really get pressure on Rodgers, throw him off. There's also on the Saints defense, which is going to be, you know, a top 10 defense. They lost some pieces, but it's still a really good defense. One of the main questions is at the number two corner spot. You know, you, you have Lattimore on one side, which is good because you're going against one of the best receivers in the NFL. It doesn't really hurt you as much to not have a number two corner in this game. Um, you know, is it Ken Crawley who's been banged up? Whoever it is, they have a rookie. Roby, a who they might were, they get were some trying run. to acquire
2: Roby. Obviously, he's not going to be playing.
1: Yeah, he's suspended for the first week. Yeah. He was carried over last year. Yeah, but I don't think it hurts them as much not having a number two corner. And you have three good safeties. Look, the Packers are going to score, but the Saints defense can hold its own here. And on the other side of the ball, the Saints, what they do have is one of the best offensive lines in the NFL still. You know, the Packers best pass rushers is Darius Smith. He's banged up. You still have a vulnerable number two corner in Kevin King. It's still, a you know, and you can run on this Packers defense. Some of it by design. We'll see what the defensive scheme looks like this year, but they're still going to be weak against the run. I think Comerica can have a big day. I think that they're going to be able to use, you know, Taysom Hill in certain, you know, in certain packages and he can have some success running the ball. Winston will be protected. He'll probably make some mistakes. He'll probably make some great throws. Ultimately, I think this number is just a tad too high. And the Saints special teams worries me a bit. You know, it's like their punter's gone. Lutz is on IR. But the Packers special teams were really bad last year. So not sure it's a big advantage there. So give me the four and a half. If I had to guess how this game plays out, I would say Packers probably come back and and win late. Rodgers finds a way. But I wouldn't be surprised if Winston and the Saints – uh, and Peyton find a way to win this game in Jacksonville. So I'm rolling with the Saints as my first bet of the 2021 season.
2: Yeah, I make it three and a half. So this this is another line that's gotten away. Uh, I think a little bit, and unfortunately, I bet the Saints uh, when Drew Brees hadn't retired yet. So uh, there's nothing I could do about that. But
1: wow,
2: yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where I do agree. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints win strong line play. You have a good coach. You still have Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, obviously it's tough when you're going against Aaron Rodgers, but it's not like it's in Lambeau. I think you have a puncher's chance in this game to to win outright to cover the number. Uh, I do, I, I do kind of echo what you said about the special teams. That would probably be my, my, my main worry is how is the Saints' kicking game going to fare? Uh, Cause every point is going to be valuable here.
1: It could end up working in their favor with, you know, with Hill and with, Kamara, with an advantage in the trenches, I think on both sides of the ball, which is important, I think they're going to have advantage on both, side, trenches, both sides of the ball. Fourth and one, I think they're going to be aggressive. You're going to see Hill come in there. As an underdog, that's what you want. So, you know, you might see the Saints be ultra-aggressive on fourth downs in this game, which is what I would want for, based on the, their offensive line advantage and the packages, I think, that they would have for this game.
2: The Saints are in a good spot here. Obviously, it's not ideal playing in jacksonville instead of the instead of the superdome i mean how much did that cost them in your projections about point point and a half or so
1: yeah right around a point and a half i mean you could argue that you just wipe out the entire home field which is you know across the board it's the saints you can argue they're one of the best home field advantages in the nfl home field is trending down overall i was going to be around 2.8 to 3.2 so i would like it regardless at four and a half
2: All right. For my first pick of the Sunday six pack for week 1, I am going with the Washington Football Team plus 1 at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the pod, against the LA Chargers at home. Washington Football Team. I simply don't think that Washington should be the underdog in this game. I do think both of these teams are going to be slightly improved from last year. Uh they were kind of they were middling teams last year, but I think Washington does have an advantage on defense. Remember uh, you know, Washington was number three, top three in defensive DVOA a year ago, the chargers were 20th. Now they're getting uh, you know, Derwin James back, but they did lose Ingram, Param, and Hayward. They lost some talented guys that have been mainstays there. Uh, I don't think this charger defense is going to be great right off the bat, even with Staley coming over there uh, from the Rams. And then, On the other side of the ball, I mean, this is a really tough matchup for for Justin Herbert going against this defense and on offense. This might be where I like Washington's improvement the most because we know they had a strong defense. I think, you know, Herbert's a great quarterback. He'll probably get a couple touchdowns on him regardless. But remember last year, it was Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith starting most of the games for the football team. Those two guys were bottom three in yards per attempt under pressure. Haskins average is 3.7 Smith 4.2 Ryan Fitzpatrick was number two in the whole league in yards per attempt under pressure. So even if Staley does cook up some things and, and, and they can kind of, you know, get Fitzpatrick under duress. I think, you know, he's at this stage in his career, he knows how to beat that. They got a good number one receiver in McLaurin. They got a good pass catching tight end in Thomas, Uh, they fortify the, you know, the other receiving positions with Samuel, Diami Brown, uh, they still have McKissick. You still have Antonio Gibson, even, even the third string running back Patterson look good. Even if you look at this where it's two evenly matched teams, I, I happen to think I have Washington rated a little better because of their defense. But even if you say they're two evenly matched teams, th- there's no reason for Washington to be an underdog at home with the Chargers coming uh, across the country. Week one, you know, new coaching staff, you know, a little more continuity in Washington, even though they got the new quarterback. So I uh, love Washington. Uh, plus one at home against the chargers
1: yeah i make them a slight favorite so i don't necessarily disagree with you i think i'm at washington minus 0.3 so i don't disagree with you i'll share a few more of my thoughts when we get to our favorite totals because this game fits into what i will be playing from a total perspective so let me move on to my Second pick and the third overall pick of the Sunday six pack. I'm going with the New England Patriots, minus two and a half, laid minus 120 here against the Miami Dolphins.
2: New England Patriots.
1: I think if you listen to any of our preseason podcast episodes, you know that I'm lower on the Dolphins than the market. And that's part of this fade here. I make this line probably higher than everyone, a tad over four. When I look at this game, just like, you know, and by the way, fans are back. We talk about we're going to to talk about that. It's going to help, you know, teams like New England and teams that have good home field advantages. But when I look at this game, I think that the Patriots have a massive advantage on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And I think that's going to be the difference. If you look last year, the Dolphins, they split two regular season meetings. The Dolphins only managed, I think, 10 total points. Across the first three quarters of both games combined, the second game when they beat the Patriots, I mean, Fitzpatrick did nothing against them. Tua did nothing against them throwing. They ran all over New England. New England's run defense was awful last year, but they had no one in their front seven. They both they really upgraded their front seven in the offseason. It's a area of strength now, in my opinion. The Dolphins' offensive line is an area of weakness. It's one of the weakest offensive lines in the NFL. And they're not going to have their starting left tackle, who's out for COVID. And it's Bill Belichick going against, you know, an inexperienced quarterback in his first or second year. He's going to confuse Tua, who's not going to have a lot of time to throw. Will Fuller's also out for this game, one of the pieces that Miami added to stretch the field. I, this is, I've said it before. I think this is more like year, year one for Tua than it is year two. He was coming off an injury in a COVID year and was rotating with Fitzpatrick. A lot of the numbers were, were worrisome. You know, his, if you look at his completion percentage over expectation, if you look at his depth of target, his indecisiveness, now his offensive line doesn't help in that aspect. And it's not going to help here in this matchup on the other side of the ball, the Patriots offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. They can Mac Jones can lean on that and they should be able to run on this Miami run defense, which was not great last year. You can run on this team They upgraded their weapons on the outside. I don't think Mac Jones is going to have, you know, a bonanza throwing the ball against a good secondary, but they should be able to move the chains methodically, relying on that offensive line. Jones will have time. And I think it really what the difference comes down to in this game is the trenches on both sides. Two inexperienced Alabama quarterbacks. New England will have now that they've – Upgraded their defensive front, they're going to have a huge advantage in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Something to keep in mind Miami's defense also has probably, probably has some regression coming. If you look at most stats, they were an average defense last year. They just got forced turnovers in 16% of opponents' possessions, which led the NFL. Maybe some regression coming that way. Their special teams are also excellent, but so are the Patriots. So you, you don't have an advantage there. For what it's worth, rookie quarterbacks in week one since 2010, 11, 7, and 1 against the spread. Non-number one overall picks, which your Mac Jones is, ten and three against the spread. Quarterbacks making their first career start over the past two years, 18 and five against the spread. We've seen quarterbacks, you know, success making their first start, whether it's rookies in their first start or just first start overall. Bill Belichick, not the you know, if you look at any of his stats, he's like 65% against the spread. He's only 10, 10 and 1 against the spread in, in season openers, which I wasn't expecting to see. Look, fellas, I am sick of this. Okay, I can't stand much more of this. It's a joke. It's a joke. You know, if you can get by this under a field goal, if you can't find it under a field goal, uh, you know, if you could find uh, 125 is the max. But I really think that the the trenches is going to be the difference here, Two is going to really struggle against Belichick here, especially with the offensive line situation against an upgraded New England defensive front. So, yeah, let's go from let's go from Peyton to Belichick, two of the best coaches back against the spread in the NFL. So for my second pick, I'm going with New England at home.
2: Yeah. And I think even more than the coaches, what I really like about it is uh, you're looking at the battle in the trenches. Cause I think that's something that, you know, week in, week out when I'm looking at, you know, my numbers versus the the market or just trying to find value. That's a lot of times where uh, there's value to be found when people just aren't properly accounting for the matchup in the trenches. And with New England, I think you're going to have just as good or better blocking, but you're going to have a better quarterback. And I I can confidently say that Mac Jones, without having ever thrown a regular season pass, is a better quarterback than, than 2020 Cam Newton, who, yeah, ran for a lot of touchdowns, but throwing the ball, it was just impossible for him. It was eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and 15 starts. Uh, in the red zone, he couldn't. He could bear. He couldn't get the ball in the end zone. You know, Jacoby Myers was averaging over five catches a game. Couldn't get him a touchdown. I mean, it, w- it was just an inept passing attack. And I think Matt yep. Jones, even in his first start, he'll be a little green. Maybe he turns it over. You know, Miami was good at first and turnovers, but it's, it's going to be better than Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's which is shocking because generally you can't <laughs> expect too much from a rookie. So if you go from you know a veteran quarterback to a rookie making his first start, nine times out of ten, you will downgrade that team, and I will downgrade that team. This is not one of those cases. This is the one in ten is the exception to the rule. We Both you and I agreed that Cam Newton was washed. Once it was announced that Matt Jones was a starter over Cam Newton, I upgraded the Patriots. It's an upgraded quarterback.
2: There's, there's a couple guys every year that I feel like – the whole, like, the actual NFL is late to the party on their Washington. Uh, yeah, I like that one. Uh, for my second pick and the fourth overall pick of the 2021 Week 1 Sunday six-pack, I am going with the Philadelphia Eagles plus 3.5 minus 120 against the Atlanta Falcons. I was still bet it at 3, uh, but I actually got it at 3.5 uh, minus 120.
1: Philadelphia Eagles...
2: I like Philadelphia outright in this game. I think that this is a toss up between two mediocre teams that underperformed last year for various reasons, which are in some cases moot, but in some cases, namely Atlanta's case, I think still a little more worrisome. So for, for Philly last year, a lot of it was on the quarterback and Carson Wentz. And, you know, he was not playing well. That kind of derailed the whole team. Injuries also played a key factor. I mean, this team lost so many games to injuries. Uh, and those two things, it was just really tough to come back from. But you look at this matchup Philadelphia, healthier, healthy, strong, play in the trenches. That's what you're going to get from them. You know, offensive line, you have Kelsey at center, you have Brooks at, uh, and, and Lane Johnson on the right side. That's one of the best, you know, lineups of three, guy, three guys in the offensive line in the league. So Jordan Mailata has been a pleasant surprise, winning that left tackle spot. Uh, so whatever's going on with Andre Dillard, that you know is not going to factor in quite as much. Uh, but this team is should have a, a, a an excellent offensive line, and then on the other side, on the defensive line, you got Fletcher Cox, you got Brandon Graham, you got Josh Sweat. Those are three of the you know top linemen in the league. They can get after it. So right off the bat you're talking about a team that has the edge on both sides of the ball in the trenches. You know, the Falcons have a couple of good linemen, but their o line overall ranked 24th by pro football focus entering the season. I do think they have some holes there. And then you look at Philly. Okay. What was one of the biggest weaknesses? You know, that secondary last year uh, just decimated by injuries. They should be improved at, at that second corner spot with Steven Nelson. He was a, uh, Top at you least know, 36 out of 120, 121 qualifiers in pro football focuses grades. You still have Slay, not as good as it used to be, but um, you know, with a healthy secondary, I, I think this it's very it's a formidable defense all of a sudden because you have a front and you have a decent secondary. Uh, and then in terms of the matchup with Jalen Hurts, a lot of people are worried, you know, 52% completion rate. Let's not forget Hurts struggled really bad in that final game of the season against Washington. He got benched. You know, so everyone's there. He's got a low completion percentage, 52 percent. But he went seven to twenty in that game against Washington. But that Washington defense is no joke, right? Like that's a that's a tough defense. So he went seven of twenty for seventy-two yards with a pick. That'll happen against a defense like Washington. But let's not forget they he beat New Orleans, uh, going seventeen of thirty for one sixty-one and a, and a touchdown, no picks. Uh, then threw for three hundred thirty-eight yards, three touchdowns, no picks in a close loss, one score loss to uh, Arizona, and then, you know, struggled against Dallas, but still threw for 342 yards, a touchdown, two picks. So, you know, Hurts has a lot of upside as a passer. I don't think this Falcon defense is, any, you know, is, is fully equipped to handle that. And especially with the, you know, the advantage in the trenches, uh, you know, on the offensive line, I think Hertz is going to be protected. But let's not forget, what did the Falcons do? They brought Arthur Smith and they brought his friend Dean Pease on defense. He's And you have pointed this out, Stuck, he does raise, tends to raise the level of the defense compared to what it was before he got there, but he also likes to blitz.
1: Yep. Jalen Hurts was
2: game. a, a top-five quarterback against the Blitz in terms of yards per attempt last year, 8.8 yards per attempt according to Pro Football Focus against the Blitz, uh, a passer rating of 104. So even though Hurts, there's some question marks about him as a passer, uh, he was blitzed on almost half of his draft he's blitzed a lot you know teams came at him and he made him pay four touchdowns one pick uh so there's not a clear path to me for an Atlanta victory and that's why I love Philly plus three and a half I would bet him at three as well uh because Arthur Blank the owner of the Falcons he wants them to be more run heavy that's why They took Arthur Smith, who, of course, is famous for running the ball with the the Titans. Of course, he had Derrick Henry. Now they have Mike Davis, career 3.7 yard per carry average. Different, different kind of guy. This backup running back here is Cordero Patterson. So I don't see a clear path to victory for Atlanta. Philly's going to get pressure. They were number two in pressure rate last year, even with the injuries. Um, And Matt Ryan was just 19th in passer rating under pressure. And that was still with half, you know, half the season with Julio. So I see a lot lower of a floor for Atlanta in this game where uh, I, also, and I don't see a clear path to victory for Atlanta, but I love it getting a hook at three and a half. I love getting the three. I don't, I don't see Philly getting run out of the building here. Uh, so Philadelphia plus three and a half at Atlanta for pick number two of the six pack.
1: Yeah, I think that that's the right side here. And I would, I would have taken them with my third pick uh, if you, had him. And you didn't even mention Milt Williams. So I think it's one of the most interesting pieces on the defensive line, young kid at a lot of tech. I think if they, he has a lot of promise, but I think that this Eagles defense is one of, it's going to make the biggest leap from last year than any other team in the NFL. I'm a Jonathan Gaden truther. I think that he's going to come in similar to what Staley did. Um, and a lot of what Staley did, he learned from Gannon. a lot of his principles um they were childhood friends but i i love gannon i think that their deep this eagles defense is going to be very you know everyone always says it's are gonna be very multiple but i mean very multiple and they're going to have guys all over the place moving chess pieces it's going to be a very tough defense to prepare for and and by the way this is a interesting matchup in that you have it's kind of like colts versus titans like you had you have nick sirianni was from the colts mm-hmm. and and gannon and then you have arthur smith coming from the Titans so there are there is some film familiarity there but yeah I think that the Eagles are going to be able to generate pressure with confusion and especially up the middle against the Falcons offensive line and really cause a lot of havoc in the backfield which I think could ultimately be the difference wouldn't shock me to see either either team win this by a field goal All right, for my third pick and the fifth overall in the Sunday six-pack, we went from Sean Payton to Bill Belichick to Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, no! You, how can you make a quick
2: bet before me?
1: This is I know. Is uh, it's it's <laughs> insane. Uh, I'm taking Arizona plus three at Tennessee. Let me clarify. I'm not taking Arizona plus three. I'm, I, I'm fading Tennessee minus three. So let me make that clear. I'm not betting on Cliff Kingsbury. I'm fading Mike Vrabel. After making some adjustments that I'll talk about, I think this line should be you know closer to one. There's a lot of questions about both defenses, right? We know that the Titans defense is is miserable. They can't generate pressure. There's major questions in the secondary, specifically at corner, and they're going to get spread out uh, by this, this Cardinals offense. And I, I I think they're going to have a lot of trouble stopping Kyler Murray and company on the other side, the Cardinals defense isn't great, but they added some reinforcements in the front seven that I think will help them get better against the run. And that was a major area of weakness last year at times. And they're going to need to be better against the run against Derrick Henry. On the outside, there's questions. The Cardinals have questions at corner as well. And they're going up against, you know, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Not great. Well, here's the thing. I'm just, number, I mean, first coming into the season, I'm lower. I'm fairly low in the Titans compared to the market. I mean, last year they went seven and two in one possession games. If you throw out that Browns game where they're down by 50 and came back to make it a one possession game. You know, they were plus 11 in turnover margin. They were real, They were healthy all year. Just everything really went their way. So I, this year, there's a lot of negative aggression coming for them. And I think that they might start really slow for a couple of reasons. Who did we just talk about? Arthur Smith, huge fan of. He's gone, right? So he's gone from the offense. Yes, they added Julio, but you lose Jono Smith, you lose Corey Davis. So it's not like he just added Julio to this offense. You lost a lot, including your play caller. On top of that, there's no continuity with this offense because of COVID. I mean, this team got crushed by COVID in the last three weeks. They still have two starting offensive linemen on the COVID list. Uh, Ryan Tannehill just came off the COVID list. Ryan Tannehill. He went on the COVID list the day Julio Jones got back from injury in camp. I mean, they have, they have zero continuity working. They haven't worked together at all. This week will be the first time, essentially, for in, in a month. So, you know, the offensive line is, yeah, they're probably all going to be back, by, but they haven't been practicing together. So there's a lot of questions with COVID and how it impacted the continuity and the preparation for this team which I think is, is important. So I think there, this offense – but look, when this offense is at full strength and firing at all cylinders, it's one of the best in the NFL. But I think that there's going to be some growing pains because of, the, you know, the COVID impact, the transition away from Arthur Smith, um, you know, assimilating Julio into the offense, you know, you lose John. So there's a lot of moving pieces and parts. So, you know, I think that this is basically a coin flip game between two offenses that should have plenty of success. I think that lack of continuity might just interrupt a few too many Titans drives, and that could be the difference. So I wouldn't take plus two and a half, but give me the three. I'm taking it. I'm siding with Cliff. I can't believe it in week one, but if he lets me down... At least it's only one point, point. Um, and I'll have something to rant about next week.
2: Cliff f- Kingsbury, I'm so, I, I can't believe you haven't mentioned the Titans' field goal kicking because, like, you know, they, sure. like,
1: like what? They're special teams. You're team. not going
2: to lose by a field goal. Like it's not. It's you're either going to lose the bet by like a touchdown or more, or you just win it out. Like you know what I mean? Like the Titans' field goal kicking. Now they have what Sam Ficken. I don't know. I mean, it scares me a little. Just because I, I really don't know what's going on with Arizona's corners. Like Malcolm Butler retired. You know, yes, they lost Peterson. But they, there's a lot of question marks there to be going up against Julio and AJ. That may be enough for Tennessee. Uh, I do – you kind of alluded to the there should be points. Uh, this I almost went with this the over for my favorite total. But I can't be on – I can't go over in the first – in week one. So, you know, I've got to stay on brand. But, um, yeah, it, it, that's the only thing that scares me. I think Tennessee, they're not as good as their record, I think, has been over the past couple of years. Like, that that game against Cincinnati where they lost, like, 31-20 to 20 last year comes to mind. Like, they can lose to anybody because their defense on any given week can just shit the bed. And yeah. you know, against a healthy Kyra – because Kyra wasn't healthy for half the year last year. I can see that happening. But I'm still just not – I have it right around three. I'm just not there with this Arizona – like, that Arizona corner situation and the fact that whoever they are going to start – like, they, it's not like they really had a lot of practice together either, you know? So that just worries me a little bit um, with them. The
0: Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your Action App. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to 600 dollars Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling Problem, call one 800 522 4,700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or one 888 532 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show.
2: For my third pick and the sixth Overall pick of the week one, 2021, Sunday six pack. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks minus two and a half at Indianapolis.
1: Seattle Seahawks.
2: Uh, Stuck. I, I know you're going to hate this one because I, I don't think many people would agree with it just based on the straight up projections. I actually got Seattle earlier in the offseason at plus three before all this madness happened with Wentz and COVID and whatnot, but I still like Seattle up to a field goal. Because I think they win this game, and you know maybe that's a hot take, but I look back, first of all, every indication, just throwing numbers, throwing everything out the window, every indication we have about this coach team is that they'll, they'll probably start slow. You have a new quarterback coming over that missed a lot of time due to injury, went on the COVID list, your top receiver out, T.Y. Hilton. You, you know, offensive linemen getting hurt left and right, you know, those guys haven't had a lot of time to practice together, especially with Wentz. So Wentz is really, you know, his time has been limited with pretty much every key, you know, member of the offense, just because of what's gone on this, this offseason. Uh, and let's not forget Carson Wentz was just not very good lately. Now, he started his career well, obviously, he had that you know near MVP season in year two. He was an 18 and 11 in his two seasons with Frank Reich. Okay. Then Reich goes to coach the coach. Carson Wentz since then 14 and 26 against the spread, 36% cover rate over the last three seasons. He hasn't been good even before last year. Does he get, does Reich just turn around everything? Maybe. Is it going to happen in year one with limited, uh, in week one with limited practice time with the O line and the receivers and not a great receiving core, by the way, especially with TY out? I don't think so, uh, but on top of that, Frank Reich in general, his teams for some reason shit the bed in week one. He's been coaching the Colts for three years. Last year, they lost to one in fifteen Jacksonville, who went on to lose fifteen straight games after after beating the Colts in week one. Two thousand nineteen, he lost to the Chargers, who didn't go four and eleven the rest of the year. In two thousand eighteen lost to the Bengals, who went 5-10 the rest of the year. So Frank Reich is 0-3 straight up against three teams that went a combined 9-36 and 36 from then on, 20% of their games. There is nothing – like, I, I get to you know, coats are at home, Seahawks one-score luck, Seahawks play a lot of close games. The projection for a lot of people is probably lower, maybe even have the Colts favored. I just don't see how the Colts – Come out of the gate hot in this game against a Seahawks team who not only has decent continuity. I mean, I know they got the new offensive coordinator, but it'll probably be better, best one they've had yet in Shane Waldron. Uh, you're going to have maybe the best number three receiver in D. Eskridge, the rookie, maybe the best tight end you've had in a, in a few years in, in, in Gerald Everett. Your offensive line, four out of the five guys were in, you know above average ranked in, by PFF, so the offensive line is coming together. Uh, The defense allowed 15 points per game over the last half of the season last year. I know they faced a couple easy matches, but the defense definitely improved. The the Seattle team, you know, Adams, you you have Dunlap there. I think the cornerbacks will be better than last year. Still a question mark, but I still think they'll be better than last year. I just don't see how Indianapolis starts hot. I like Seattle to win this game, and so I'm getting them under a field goal. I'm taking it.
1: I don't hate it at minus two and a half, but the Seahawks would probably win by a field goal. Yeah, as long as you're getting under a field goal. I mean, we talked about middle of the field closed defenses, right? And under the Pete Carroll tree, that's what he runs. He runs his cover three or cover one man. That's what Pete Carroll does. Wentz, last year, the worst quarterback in the league by far against middle you, you of the field. You can end that sentence right closed. there. Yes, he was the worst quarterback by far overall. But against <laughs> two high safety looks, he actually was just, like just below average. Against single-eyed was. I mean, you have to make confident throws to the outside. It's basically what, what this defense tries to do is take away the easy throws. You know, the Colts are going to run a lot of zone. Wilson has historically been very good against zone. Although I'm sure that what the Colts are going to do, you know, his philosophy okay. is stop the run, eliminate big plays. So the zone is going to really take away, you know, the big play, or at least try to, the big play down the field to to Metcalf and try and just make the Seahawks drive down the field. I'm curious to see what their offense looks like with the new offensive coordinator and see how the play calling changes. Uh, the, the defense does worry me. I mean, it's DJ Reed and Trey Flowers starting at corner. Doesn't inspire much confidence in me with what Carroll wants to do. Al Woods is starting, your starting defensive tackle. I don't, when's the last time he played a football game? So there's a lot of holes on this defense. But on the other side, I mean, how healthy is Quentin Nelson? Fisher's out at left tackle. Davenport's going to start. And Wentz is just a major question mark. So I can't hate your reasoning.
2: Like when the, when the spread is like this, I, I'm taking them. But I, I know better now, especially after, you know, talking to you these last couple of years about, you know, if Seattle starts hot and then all of a sudden they're like six and a half or or five and a half against like a, a, a kind of shitty team, hey. that's when I know to stay away. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So, uh, all right. So that was our first Sunday six pack of the year to recap. Stucky taking the New England Patriots minus two and a half, the New Orleans Saints plus four and a half, and the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff plus Cliff. three.
1: Cliff Kingsbury.
2: I'm going with the Washington football team plus one at home, Philly plus three and a half on the road, like that to three, uh, and Seattle minus two and a half on the road against an Indy team who I expect to start slow, also like that to three. Uh, now it's time for our coach's pep talk. And today's coach's pep talk comes to us from Minnesota Golden Gophers coach PJ Fleck. And we're dedicating it to Urban Meyer. You know what they haven't met about you? They haven't met your heart. They haven't met your spirit. They haven't met
0: your soul. If they gave me one word to describe you right now, that would be, would be a trailblazer. You know what trailblazers do? They blaze trails. For other people to become elite, you have blazed trails for others who thought this was never possible. I
2: haven't had Urban Meyer talk yet in the pod. I'm sure we'll get to it uh, a little later. But let's go right into our favorite total segment of the week. And since you got the first pick in our six-pack, I'll go first here with the total. And I am going – and there is, this is actually a tougher call than I thought. There are There are a few totals that I like. Uh, this week. So be sure to check out actionnetwork.com. I'll, I'll have something up on each game, but I'm going Denver at New York under 42 is the line at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the action network podcast. And I love this line for a number of reasons. Number one, the New York giants, the worst offensive line in the league, number 32, according to PFF, but you could just look at the line from left to right And no one really inspires confidence. I mean, you know, they're talking of Nate Solder, who was horrible the last time we saw him and then sat a year out. And they're like talking him up as if he's going to be an improvement. So I'm just not buying it with this Giants line, especially not going against Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, a Denver defense that's not only coordinated by, you know, defensive genius Vic Fangio, but that actually has cornerbacks now. Like, it's not this, that Denver's going to rush the passer and, and, and and you know, get in Jones' face. It's that they have cornerbacks. The Giants, everyone's banged up. Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Caden Smith, the third-string tight end. Uh, Kyle Rudolph barely practiced. He might have to play all the snaps to tight end. He's barely practiced all summer. Kadarius Toney might have to have a role after he barely practiced all summer. I mean, there's a lot not to like about the Giants' offense. And then on the other side of the ball, we've talked about this. Giants, you can count on them to be well-schemed on defense. Patrick Graham, one of the better defensive coordinators in the league. A lot of people will remember him shutting down Seattle and Russell Wilson in that game that they won with Colt McCoy. But, uh, yeah, you're going against Teddy Bridgewater. This is not a juggernaut. I know they have some good skill players and, you know, some decent off-linemen. I think Bridgewater will fare better here than he did in Carolina. Better situation. But – He's 28 and 20 in his career toward the under 58%. And by the way, the giants with their scheming with the pace of play 13 and three, most profitable team toward the under last season. I think this number is a point too high. I think it should be around 41. I would take it really don't expect points on the Giants side in this one. And uh, their their defense is too well-schemed not to like this this under at 42.
1: They kind of the theme of the podcast of defensive schemes. hopefully some, I mean, some people might know this. Some people are learning something, but like the the Carroll is the middle of the field closed. Like Fangio's middle of the field open. Two high safeties. Same with uh, Brandon Staley. Like last year, pre snap, seventy five percent. Two high safety. Denver and the Rams. The next highest was fifty percent. League average is like thirty five percent. So, and that's I think the defense of the future, but we'll see. But against two high safeties. Middle of the field open, worst quarterback in the NFL, Daniel Jones last year, by far EPA per play. It's going to be very difficult for the Giants with the ball. I mean, Gallaudet came out and basically was like, dude, we're yeah. going to start slow.
2: That's not the worst thing. This is this is puff piece season, right? This is 98%, 90, probably 99% of articles of quotes you hear before one game has been played in a season. Unwarranted positivity in most cases. When a guy says something negative like that, like, how worrisome is that, man?
1: Yeah. All right, for my favorite total of the week, I'm going sort of off-brand for the podcast, but I'm going with an over. I'm going with the Chargers-Washington football team over 44-and-a-half. Now, this will undoubtedly – now, I'm, I'm, I'll end up lying, but this will undoubtedly be the only total that I'll bet this week, and I'll tell you why. There's a lot of uncertainty around totals from after what we saw last year. Scoring was up almost a field goal over the – previous high year we talked about this a lot last year one of the reasons which is will be persistent and could even become more of a factor is teams are more aggressive on fourth downs right so instead of punting it or kicking the field you're seeing more aggressive offenses more plus ev decisions on fourth downs that lead to more points we also saw no no crowds that appeared to have a positive impact for offenses well we have crowds now on third downs dealing with noise, you know, it's only one season of data, but now we're going to have crowds. And we saw an added emphasis on not calling holding calls. Holding calls were way down. It's like, let, you know, it's the NFL, what the NFL wanted to do. Let's get points, right? So you, so you saw holding calls go way down, obviously help offenses. So the crowd impact, still trying to figure that out. You can, it's, it's not an easy thing to distill. I do think teams will still be aggressive. I'm not sure what the NFL is going to do about holding calls and/or any other emphasis that they have. Right? Who knows what they could come out and say? We need to lock down on on illegal contact more. I can't wait to lose a bet on taunting. They want to emphasis on taunting this year, so I, it's something that I want to gather. So I want to be very conservative and hesitant on totals early in the year. But I did like this one for a couple of reasons. It's under 45, which is fairly low in the NFL, and I I like look the Washington offense. Added some nice pieces. I like the offensive line, especially with the reports with Cosme at right tackle, the rookie. I love the interior offensive line. Now they have a lot of weapons. They add Fitzpatrick. an upgrade at quarterback. Um, and Fitzpatrick's wild. I mean, he's going to attack downfield. He's going to throw picks. He might have a pick six in there. Uh, high variance quarterback. But I like this offense to actually do some things against a – Chargers defense, you already mentioned it earlier in the episode, lost a lot of key pieces. And, you know, now they bring in Brandon Staley, who, by the way, it's not Anthony Lynn, so they're not – the Chargers won't mess up scoring opportunities at the end of the half and and the game, which would help the over. Um, But his defensive scheme is the complete opposite of what the Chargers used to run. I mean, I can't think of a polar opposite scheme, and I don't necessarily think the roster fits – yeah. Maybe he'll kind of fit the roster to him, but it's a it's a completely different change. And they lost a lot of key players. I don't think this defense is as as elite as people think, just because, you know, Derwin James is coming back. Um, and we don't even player. know how he's going to look. Yeah, we don't know how he looks. He hasn't played in, in, in a decade. He's uh, a Dory Jackson. He's in the all fig, uh, figment of our imagination. Team. Paris Campbell. Um, <laughs> yeah, Paris Campbell. So I don't think that this char- – I think this Chargers defense has holes. I think Washington's offense going to have some success. On the other side, this Chargers offense, they upgraded their offensive line, which is huge. You need some semblance of an offensive line to go against this Washington defensive line. I mean, last year, Washington had seven wins, and they won their, their sad NFCs. They beat Andy Dalton twice, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, Ben Roethlisberger, Nick Mullins, and Ryan Finley. They only beat four teams last year. They swept the Eagles and the Cowboys. Those quarterbacks were bad last year and played for some of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, just decimated by injuries. Obviously, the Cowboys and Eagles now, that's a strike, but they were decimated by injuries last year. If you take those seven games I just mentioned against those bad quarterbacks and bad offensive lines, and let's throw out the Giants, even though the Giants swept Washington last year, the Giants have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. If you throw out the Giants, the other seven games that Washington played last year, they allowed an average of 29 and a half points per game. I think the Washington offense is being disrespected in the market and the Charters offense is being disrespected against Washington. I think if can get this under 45, I like the over. But don't go crazy. And who knows where Fitzpatrick's going to throw his picks. Hopefully they're pick sixes and not picks at the goal line. But there's all the other things with the crowd and emphasis that the refs might have this year. Give me over 44 and a half in Washington.
2: Uh, to recap, I'm going with Giants- Broncos under 42 and stuck going with Chargers football team over 44 and a half. Now it's time for our favorite teaser of the week.
1: Oh yeah. 6 point teasers. If you don't want me to-
2: All right. For anyone unfamiliar with teasers, you, what it is is you take two or more bets and there's a certain number of points. The standard is six. You get to tease uh, each line that you're taking uh, in the bet down by that number of points. So the standard is six points. Uh, So if you had a a seven point favorite uh, they become a one point favorite. If you have a one point underdog, they become a seven point underdog. So, uh, you get a lot more leeway and you can be profitable uh, doing this as long as you're teasing through key numbers, which suck. Uh, I'll let you talk about it a little more.
1: Yeah, basically, if you can you now, the books out there are starting to increase the prices that you have to pay on these and they're changing lines. You know, they'll move a seven point favorite to a nine and a half point favorite. So if you tease it down, it doesn't cross the three. That should tell you all you need to know because they know that the player has the advantage. If you could tease, through the three and sevens. So a two and a half point dog up six points. And you want to, as long as you're paying minus 120 or below, or, you know, an eight to an eight and a half point favorite down through seven, six, four, and three. If you can do that with two sides in a, in a vacuum, you have an edge over the book. There are other factors in play. The lower the total, the better it is to do that because obviously points are more at a premium um, I have some content out there. Check it out uh, on actionnetwork.com. Just Google Stucky teaser guide. Uh, Forward fall on the long teaser stuff.
2: Books don't really have an edge when it comes to teasers. You can profitably tease. So my advice to people out there is teasers over parlays. Like yeah. parlays are generally negative EV. You're much better off long-term winning, uh, betting the two bets separately. you never, you should never be so confident in if you're confident in two bets make the two bets but you should never be so confident that two bets are going to hit that you're decreasing your expected win percentage now i the reason i say this is because you know stucky kind of talked about it. books are even trying to adjust to 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 make sure they're not losing as much on these teasers because they can be done profitably but i saw an article uh a few days ago i wish i remembered where it was from I it may have been espn but i'm not sure so i don't want to don't quote me on that but There was an article about the fact that books were making like a 30% profit on parlays and the profit on like all other type of bets was like under 5%, if any. And so that tells you all you need to know when, you know, books are killing it on parlays. They are uh, like scrambling to adjust for teasers to make it not as appetizing for sharps to to hit these teasers. So I just want to put that public service announcement out there before we um get into that because we do have our little money line underdog parway. Um you of course you can always bet those bets individually. But before we get to that segment, i just want everybody to know that the sharp way to go about it if you're combining bets, do teasers over parlays.
1: Yeah, All just right. don't tease through zero. Ever.
2: Yeah, yeah, just take the dog.
1: No, there's a great public service announcement. I guess I'll that's a natural transition into there's a couple teaser pieces this week that are options at tease through three and seven. I'll I'll start. Uh, the. Col- I, I want to go with the Colts. I don't love some of the things I'm seeing, but I'm teasing. I'm going from two and a half to eight and a half, and it is a higher total. It's making the Seahawks win a game by two possessions, which they're incapable of doing. And I'll tease them with the Rams down from seven and a half to one and a half. To, look, the Bears' offensive line is a disaster. They have one really good receiver who's going to have to go up against Jalen Ramsey. They're starting Andy Dalton. The defense has... Major questions at corner. This defense is very overrated. Bad play caller. What are they doing starting Dalton? The Rams should win this game now with Stafford in at quarterback. They should have some success throwing on this Bears secondary, and the Bears offense is going to be a disaster. I know that the Rams lost some pieces on defense, but this Bears offensive line and and Dalton, it's, it's going to be scary for the Bears. So, yeah, I like – I'm going to go Rams and Colts.
2: Yeah, I'm going Rams uh, from seven and a half to one and a half. Uh, so I like the Rams as well. I mean, you you kind of hit on all the key points. Uh, I'm also going with the Niners down from seven and a half to one and a half. Uh, but I'll talk a little more about the Rams first, because uh, just to piggyback on what you said, you know, bottom five offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, I, I would agree with that. Uh, assessment. Andy Dalton's been one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure pretty much his entire career. He's kind of like another Baker, you know, one of those guys that anytime there's you expect a lot of pressure, just lights up like, up oh, fade Andy Dalton. Kendall Vilder, fifth round pick from last year, 46 PFF grade in coverage. Duke Shelley, he's going to play probably in the slot, sixth rounder from 2019. Uh, Jalen Johnson's their only corner that was ranked above 84th by Pro Football Focus. And, and he's, you know, Bad. like, it, it, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes Bad. these guys in year two make a little weep, but I mean, you're talking about going, you're talking about a Sean McVay offense with a good quarterback with three good receivers. Cause Deshaun is healthy for his two games. This is, this is the Deshaun Jackson six catches, 137 yards and two touchdowns game. Like it has yep. to be right. I mean, the only thing, cause like usually this is an under game, like an auto, under. I mean, McVay versus 24 2410 last year, 17-7 the year before, 15-6 Chicago the year before, average 26.3 points. I don't see Chicago scoring, but I am a little worried that the Rams could actually run up the score because I agree. This defense is overrated. So I love teasing this down. I mean, I probably wouldn't feel uncomfortable taking a seven and a half here. Uh I am not gonna do it. I'm just gonna tease him. But like I I the most likely outcome for me is is the Rams bowing. The Bears out. I love the Bears win total under for the season. I'm just out on the Bears this year and San Francisco against Detroit. I mean, there's not a lot to be said here. I feel like San Francisco is going to be healthier than last year. Jimmy G is 22 and eight as a starter, 12 and five against the spread on the road, uh, but a little under 500 as a favorite against the spread, that is, which just shows that you know they're winning games, but they don't always cover the big numbers. So, like teasing this down as well. Detroit might be scrappy, they might run the ball a lot with Dan Campbell, muck things up. It's not going to be as terrible as Matt Patricia, I I don't think. I think Dan Campbell, like, even though he comes off as a little goofy, I think he knows what he's doing.
0: So this team, Detroit, we're going to kick you in the teeth. And when you punch us, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right? We're going to take your other kneecap. Before long, we're going to be the last one standing.
1: But
2: teething it down to one and a half, I expect San Francisco to still – comfortably handled his game from from wire to wire so I, I don't think this should be too much of a sweat teasing them down uh detroit just um you know they have a decent old line but jared goff you know san francisco is gonna be able to get pressure and they, they could get pressure without even sending extra rushers and you know goff one of the worst quarterbacks against pressure one of the worst receiving corps in the league uh and on the Restable. other side
1: secondary
2: yeah secondary and then on the other side i mean san francisco you know with jimmy g Like this is this is a good offense, you know. Still a good offense. Trey Lance goes or not? uh, Trey Lance packages or not? You know why not just tease it down? I like love San Francisco in this spot. San Francisco Rams for me. Colts Rams for you. That is our favorite teaser segment of the week. And now it's time for our money line underdog parlay.
1: Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay.
2: All right, so I know I just kind of shit on parlays in the last segment. I was just trying to just give people, you know, all the facts. But throw all that out the window because we're in our parlay segment now. We each pick an underdog. We like to parlay them together, see if we can hit some really juicy odds for you guys. Uh, Stuck, I'll let you start. Who are you going with for your Moneyline dog in week one?
1: Yeah, we already talked about this game, so I uh, won't go dive into it too much but I'm going with the Eagles I think that this defense is going to be improved significantly you know the offense should have some success against a questionable Falcons defense uh I think there's some value in taking the Eagles plus 140 on the money line
2: oh yeah I, I like that I I fully expect that the Eagles have a, a good chance to win this game so I-, I love that the only disappointing thing is that uh, not as much disagreement on this pod. Maybe in some weeks, it's, probably, it's coming. Like, we got
1: all we got all season for that <laughs> week one. Week one is for learning, anyway.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, for for my money line dog for week one, I am going with. And here we're gonna get ugly. We're gonna get super ugly. Um, if you guys if you guys listen to our AFC win totals pod, you know I was just having a riot of a time teasing Sean Kerner and stuck about the strength of schedule projections for the AFC South because I felt like it was all Texans making their strength of schedules tougher than like the rest of the league when it really wasn't true so we're gonna get real ugly here money line dog Houston Texans week one plus 130 at BetMGM against the Jacksonville Jaguars could Jacksonville blow Houston out sure could Houston blow Jacksonville out maybe Listen, I don't – nothing that Urban Meyer has done since taking over as an NFL head coach has inspired confidence that this could not – this may not be a train wreck. Number one, hire you hire a, a, a cancelable strength and conditioning coach, fire him immediately. You hire uh, a, a tight end that's not fit to play tight end and then release him. Like you just gave up a free roster spot on a 90-man roster for, a, 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 for your old friend who's trying to make a comeback that everyone knows isn't happening in Tim Tebow wasted a roster spot. I don't, that's not good for the locker room. I don't care how they spin it. You play games with, with your number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence. You don't Im- immediately anoint him as a starting quarterback. Everyone knows he's a starter. Another thing that's, I don't think that plays well in the locker room. You know, you get in trouble for this coach. I mean, this was probably the realest thing he did, but you, you don't admit this because then you just get in trouble, you know, for for, for saying that, you know, vaccination status is going to play a role, he's just making a lot of mistakes. He, he was, the offense was slow for the pace is slow Houston. I think what's going to happen here is you have at quarterback. You have a decent, you know, decent left tackle. Trying to say positive things
1: about the Texans is very difficult. Listen, listen, they're
2: bad, but that's the thing.
1: Their right tackle, though, is Marcus Cannon, who hasn't played in like two years and didn't play in in preseason. He's been above average in in his PFF grade last four years. He did play. I mean, I know. I know. No, I'm just saying. I'm surprised they went with it. Look, Tyrod won't turn the ball over. I'll give you two stats that'll back you up. Week one, home, division dogs since 2010. Eight. This is the only one this week. 18 and five against the spread. Number one pick in week one. This is more fun than anything else. Number one overall pick, starting in week one, hasn't won since two thousand two. Oh six and one straight up. In two thousand two, you know who that was that one. Actually, it was actually a Houston Texan. Oh, yeah, David dude. Carr. This is where a home division dog. This might be the only game the Texans win all year. That's what the yes. Jags did last year. Yes. The Jags won week one and then lost the remaining their games. If you're betting on the Jags. It's
2: like this. there's just a lot of faith in like Trevor and and, and Urban, which may be warranted, especially Trevor. But like it's like in what in what whose right mind do you go and say, oh, yeah, the team that went one in 15 last year. Let's go bet on them minus three on the
1: road. Give me the Texans all day. You're fading road favorite Jacksonville and I'm playing. I'm betting a home dog in Jacksonville. In the saints, right? Probably yeah, probably it's like this how to, <laughs> to be football in Jacksonville
2: somehow this, this week. It wasn't, uh, but yeah, no, this is this is what we're doing, man. Uh, I think we have we both have a good chance of winning these bets. Uh, so that was our money line dog, stuck going Philly plus 140 uh, at Atlanta. I'm going Texans plus 130 at home against the Jags. So together, that is a four and a half to one payout. So uh, if you bet a hundred dollars uh, on a parlay, you would win uh four fifty-two for a total payout of five fifty-two. You can check the Action Network's parlay calculator at actionnetwork.com slash betting calculator slash parlay calculator or in the action network uh, app. Let's quickly go through the best of the rest. Pittsburgh plus six and a half at Buffalo, the total is 49. Stuck for this one. I'm I'm looking at that matchup from last year. Buffalo won 26-15. They got a pick six. Josh Allen 10 of 14, 130 yards and a touch to Stephon Diggs, 14 of 29, 108 with a touchdown and a pick to everyone else. Uh, and then Tom with that road under uh, when it's between 43 and a half and 51, 42-15 and one in his career, 74%. Uh, so is Josh Allen going to be able to to do anything other than throw to Stephon Diggs in this game? Uh, is I guess is my question.
1: Yeah, I have major questions about the, the Steelers depth at corner. You know, they lost some guys and they're real they they're really, really thin. And the Bills, I think this year are gonna spread teams out four wide as much as anyone maybe outside of Arizona, just like last year. So I, I have some questions about how the Steelers secondary will hold up up here. I love the Bills. I'm low on the Steelers. What is this offense gonna look like, right? Matt Canada coming in, more play action, more running with Najee Harris, but can the offensive line hold up? The Bills defense really improved over the second half of the year. They're now healthy. You know, they add star back at the defensive tackle position. So, like, I, I think the defense is going to be fine, but it's a right. I you know I make the line 7.1 no play for me, but it is a rah-rah spot for Tomlin. What? A
0: rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot. Win the game with this crew of bodies right here today. Uh, bring y'all a game today.
1: Look, here's something you know about Tomlin, one of the biggest Us Against the World motivators. When he's an underdog, when he's a favorite, double-digit favorite, uh, he's just like, ah, and this team isn't fired up. 13 and 22 against the spread is a double-digit favorite. That's worst of 79 coaches in our Action Labs database. He's about 500 on the road as a double-digit favorite against teams with losing records. Straight up, double-digit favorite.
2: I don't want to hear about the labor pains, man. Deliver the damn baby. 32-12-1
1: 32 12 and 1 against the spread as a dog. That's number one out of 129 coaches in our database since 2003. 23 and 9 against the spread against winning teams on the road as a dog. This is his kind of spot. But, you know, I make a line 7.1. There's too many advantages that I think the Bills have here. Uh, so it's a pass for me.
2: You ain't new to this no more now. You know what I mean? This being like a. 20 to 16 Bills win. I would lean Bills in the under if I had to. I mean, uh, excuse me, Steelers in the under if I had to go. But uh, agree. I, I'd rather kind of play it conservative because Big Ben did not have a good go at it against his defense last year. And I, they, they only ran uh, for, for 47 yards and 17 carries. So I don't know if the Steelers can get enough offense to really, you know, the Bills. That's what they got. They have offense, you know, even against even against good defenses. So uh, let's go to Minnesota
1: at Cincy. The Cincinnati Bengals ended their season the same way that they started it. With a die-hard commitment, the Bengals battled tenaciously.
2: Minnesota is a three-point favorite, juiced up to minus 120 at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. The total is 47.5. The interesting thing to me in this one was Minnesota with steam. Uh, There's a steam move on Minnesota that we tracked uh, here at Action Network. Um, which you know just means a bunch of you know, big bettors kind of hammered uh, our, uh, Minnesota in a kind of uniform fashion across the different, across different books, but you can make money fading these moves a lot of times when there's been a steam move on uh, the, when there's been a steam move, those teams are just 88 and 147 uh, when the line is uh, they're favored by two and a half to 12 and a half. Uh, So that's just a 37% cover rate. So the, the dogs are hitting 63% in those spots. So that's also a reminder that, um, you know, don't always, you know, hail just blindly because a lot of times, you know, the 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 sharp betters, the biggest betters are getting the best of the line. And um, these things not always profitable if you're just kind of tagging on late. So that, that was kind yeah, of sometimes some groups
1: to... are shaping a line. They might be yeah. shaping a line, moving it one way to come back later. You know, yeah. you just, so you would never really know. So just cap the games and bet what you like. Yeah. Like
2: I don't, I like, I don't, I don't love Minnesota here anyway, just three point favorite three and a half at some spots, even on the road. Uh, but also don't want to bet Cincinnati, given the questions on the line, given the questions with you know, Jamar Chase, is this just a momentary hiccup or is this like a real, Is this going to be an issue with like a John Ross type of issue, like what's going on there? So pass passing me, but do you mean in any way with this, with this one?
1: I make it like just under three, no interest. I, this is the game I don't. For some reason, from a betting perspective, I got the least amount of interest in this week. Absolutely no interest in this game. If I bet it, you have permission to slap me across the face if you see me. All right. Jets at Panthers, the
2: Sam Darnold revenge game, the Sam Darnold bowl, whatever you want to call it. Jets plus five at Bet MGM, the total 44 and a half. The Jets fit one of our Action Network's pro systems, which is. Uh, underdog with a low total game and low total meeting like anything under 50 now. So, you know, things have changed quite a bit, but low total after a bad season, you know, when you win six or fewer games, uh, those are, those dogs are hitting 61%. Uh, I believe Eagles also fit that, 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 that system. But uh, the line seems to be getting away from the jets here. Uh, Any thoughts on this one?
1: I make it six. Uh, This is a no The clearest, no better than other than, vikings Bengals. this is just do you believe in donald i don't but we'll see what donald he does still doesn't have a great offensive line he has better weapons new coaching staff that i like so let's see what donald has against his old team there's some familiarity there and then let's see what zach wilson has so if you believe even in one of these quarterbacks it's a sneaky over here if you believe in both hit this over for me probably pass
2: i actually wean under on it i think I I would rather bet the under than anything else in this game because, like you mentioned, Carolina, 30th-ranked O-line by PFF. Jets, 22nd. uh, Crowder's on the – And the Panthers' starting
1: guard is out for COVID, worth noting. Yeah,
2: Crowder probably misses for COVID. But also, just look at it from this perspective. You have two of the – you have one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in Darnold. You have another guy who's unproven uh, in, in Zach Wilson making his first start as a rookie on the road. You have a defensive coach coming in for an offensive coach for the Jets. So Robert Sala might be able to cobble something together, even though I have no faith in their cornerback group and they uh, their defensive line got decimated. But then on the other side, Matt Rule, you know, Darno gets all the headlines, but what they really did was build up their defense. I mean, their defense has some, has some talent. I think, you know, some of the weak spots last year, they, 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 they short up a little bit and I mean, they were, Overperforming last year, in terms like you were always kind of lamenting, like, how is this Carolina Panthers defense even hanging in there? So, like, I, I actually would lean under in this one. Like, I feel like they're just you're, we're giving a way too much credit to two bottom tier quarterbacks in the offensive line. Uh, Cleveland, KC, uh, one of the most interesting games in the week. So, of course, it only makes sense that neither of us have a, a, a strong bet on it. It's more, I think, one of those games the, the, the public is going to love to bet, but. I don't love this Cleveland six and a half. The totals fifty four. I worry about Cleveland because it's Andy Reid. You know, in week one he's six and two against the spread. He's always great with time to prepare. Cleveland wait one in fifteen straight up in in the last sixteen week ones. They're they're never good coming out the gate. But also like taking KC worries me because six and a half. That seems like the Harrison Butker. He's the he's the butt kicker on field goals. he's just butt on extra points. Like he can't hit one of those. So it's like this is just an, this is another pass for me. Uh, but you do you have any thoughts on Cleveland, KC?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Cleveland has it one week one and forever. But I mean, they had some of the worst teams in the NFL for like 15 years. They're one twenty and one in season openers since they came back as uh, a <laughs> franchise in 1999. One twenty and one. I think their last one was like 05 0- against the Steelers. Just I mean, it was bad. Um, Maybe against the Ravens, actually, in 2005. Um, these two teams, by the way, they last met in the opener in 2002, and the Browns won the game, and they sacked Trent Green, but Dwayne Rudd threw his helmet. So they I threw a flag remember. for an unsportsmanlike yeah. penalty, so they could, the game couldn't end. It was in Cleveland. They gave the Chiefs 15 yards, and then Mort Anderson hit a kick to win 40-38. to 38. Um, So that's how bad the Browns' luck has been. Um, in week one, another maybe meaningless trend. Super Bowl losers, 4-17 four, four against the spread um, since 2000. What does that mean? I don't think it does any predictive power, but it's an interesting nugget. Uh, yeah, last year uh, –
2: Didn't didn't San Francisco lose straight up to Arizona last year or something like that in week one? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. And they were a big um, – not, not a big favorite, but they were like seven. So, yeah, pretty big. Yeah.
1: Um, so last year, these two teams met in the playoffs. The Chiefs were eight-point favorites at home. I think it opened at 10, came down to eight. The Chiefs led 19 to three at the half. They scored on every first, all four first half possessions. Although it's worth noting the Browns had a fumble touchback. So really, it could have been, you know, 19 to 10 at the half. Then Mahomes got hurt and the whole game flipped. Um, you know, so they basically would have combined for 30 points in the first half. This is a brand new look for the Browns, D. They could have up to seven new starters on the defense, including rookies and then all the free agency. Free agents they signed in the secondary and defensive line. So we'll see how that, you know, a presumably improved Browns defense looks, how long it takes them to gel. I think eventually it'll be a lot better than it was last year. On the Chiefs side, they have a brand new offensive line and they're going to do, you know, they're changing run schemes. I think it's going to be for the better, but we'll see, you know, a bunch of rookies on that offensive line, how long it takes for that offensive line to gel. Um, but, I, you know, the Browns should have success running the ball. They add Beckham back to the offense. Add an explosive element they were really lacking last year. The Chiefs defense is bad. We know that. Um, can the Browns stay ahead in this game so they can keep running the ball and setting up the path where they don't have to, you know, try and come back? And that plays right into the Chiefs' hands on defense. That'll be a big thing. But I think both offenses should have success. I think the look here is it's either over or nothing. That I'm, it's, the, I mean, it's, it's 54 and a half now. I think I make it 54. I just see a lot of advantages for both offenses, but not a play for me. I might hop in for a live over if it starts slow. I make the line like six and change, so not much here for me. And by the way, that game last year, that playoff game, one of my favorite plays
2: of all time, that, that fourth down to win the game. Like, I think it was Al Michaels. Yeah, was play. Was like, oh, they're not going to run a play here. <laughs> and yeah. Not only do they run a play, but they throw the ball like run. fourth and inches with Chad Henney.
1: <laughs> Balls.
2: That was amazing. Right
0: here, Andy Reid, really smart. Send everybody out there. You got guts, right? You're trying to draw them off sides. Take a timeout. Take it down. Let the clock click. Try and draw them off sides. If there's no play. Just look at the body language. I, oh, there is a play. Henney rolling
2: Threw it with the backup quarterback. I mean, We yeah, was got to be mad for that. Great game to watch. Not my favorite to bet. Uh, we'll finish it up with the survivor pool pick of the week.
1: One pick. One chance to advance. Survivor.
2: I'm going San Fran. Uh, don't, don't see Detroit giving him much. Uh, Rams are a close second, but trying to get some of these NFC West teams out of the way. Cause uh, you know, they're going to just be playing each other a bunch and it's going to be, it's going to be a gauntlet of a division. So uh, I'll take Sam Fran against Detroit.
1: Yeah. I have a survivor analysis piece out there. Go check it out. Next network.com I'm, I'm rolling with the Rams.
2: So Sam Fran, and the Rams for our survivor picks uh, as a reminder, you guys can follow all of our picks uh, for the Sunday six pack uh, in the award winning action network app. Just search Sunday six pack in the action apps follow feature. Uh, and you can find all the bets that we made on the podcast for the six pack. You can find Stucky on Twitter at Stucky Two. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can follow Stucky's bets in the action app at Stucky Two. You can follow my bets in the action app at Chris Raybon. So very simple. Same Twitter handle, same action handle. Uh, be sure to check out the fantasy flex podcast, you know, feed. We have a new feed five episodes a week there. Um, so a lot of good stuff here. We'll do the live show. Convince me. Sundays at 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern. Should be a good NFL season for Stuck and I. Until next week, let's get this money.
1: Let's go.